Come on, how many thankful you came to church today? Anybody thankful you came? Oh, man. I'm so grateful that I came to church today. Um, I didn't really have a choice because I was preaching. Come on, somebody. But you did. And I'm so thankful that you are here. And uh, man, uh, there's just, there's so much to be excited about in this season. Um, But two things really quickly before we jump into today's message. The first one is this, is that tonight is our back to school bash for our students. And so I'm excited for that. And so if you have a middle school or high school student, this is like an all call to parents, like do whatever you got to do to get them to Dover High School tonight, because it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm just believing that God's going to do some some more miracles uh, at the back school bash. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And then today, also, our groups go live. And we've been talking about groups for the last several weeks, and uh, and I'm going to keep talking about it until like I'm blue in the face, because I heard a leader tell me one time that when you're tired of talking about it, people are just now hearing it. And so I'm almost to the point of getting tired of talking about it. Come on, somebody. And so I know that our church is hearing it because here's what I, I know this to be true. The community is so important for each and every single one. Well, I'm introverted, Pastor Kenneth. It doesn't matter. Community is so important for you. Well, I'm extroverted, Pastor Kenneth. Community is so important for you. Just don't be rude and dominate the group. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Anyways, but there are 47 groups that are all across the board. Come on, there are groups. There are men's groups. There are women's groups. There's a book of Romans group. There's a book of Ephesians group. There's a sewing group. Like there is a, a walking group. There's a hiking group. There's a, a there's a, a eating food group. Come on. That, that's like, that should be my group. And, and Jesus, competitive eating and, and prayer. That's what I'm going to do next. That's what I'm going to do next semester. It's going to be amazing. There's in-person groups. There's online groups. There's all kinds of groups. There's serving groups. There's young adults groups. There's student groups. Like it's like, I, I felt like I'm, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gumbo Shrimp. Um, remember, what's his name? What's his name? Forrest Gump. Man, I had a, that wasn't part of what I was going to say, but it just kind of reminded me. Like, anybody else ADD? Like, squirrel. Like, yeah, that's like where I was. But hey, what am I here for? Today, we're jumping into week number two. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about um, that we're, we're, today we're going to be, let me just set this up. Today, we're going to be talking all about freedom. All about freedom. And one of the, the, the things that I think of when I think of purpose, we're going to tie all this in. It'll make a lot of sense here and, and, and by the time that we finish today. And, and I want to show you how this connects to purpose in just a moment. But when I think of freedom, one of the things that I think about is America. Come on, somebody. Anybody else just think of America? I, I, uh, come on, anybody else proud to be an American? Is that okay? Is that okay? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's okay anymore in 2022, but I'm proud to be in America. I'm proud of my country. I'm proud of everything that that we are a part of. But man, um, there's there's a symbol of freedom when I think of America, and it's a a flag. And I've got one of my friends going to bring that out to me. I don't know which side they're going to come from, but they're going to bring me a flag here in just a moment. I'm believing. There it is. Coming in Jesus' name. Sandy's coming. Thank you so much, Sandy. You are amazing. Give it up for Sandy. That's amazing. And... From time to time, you may remember I talked about a flag that I received. Um, there's going to be reflections, so I'm going to blind some of you, maybe even in Milford, but I'm going to turn it this way for just a moment. But from time to time, I have some brothers and sisters who are airmen who, who they, they deploy, and I ask them something, and I've, this only happened twice. Don't, don't let me make it sound like it's happened a hundred times, okay? So, but they, they deploy, and I'm like, hey, would, would you, like, would there be any possibility that you would fly a flag 
in, in the honor of United Church uh, that, that could go in my office once you get back. And I had one, uh, uh, an airman do that for me previously, and I shared that one with you probably a couple years ago, but this one just came back. And I, I just got this one the other day, and I don't want to, don't zoom in too far because I don't, don't want to put on blast who gave it to me because I, I didn't get permission from him to give that, to show this to you. But, but this, was, this was flown in Mali, in Italy, in Greece, in Djibouti. That's a funny name. I don't care. In Kenya, in Niger, and then a country I've never even heard of, Burkina Faso. Seven different countries. And usually the, the last one I got was flown in honor of United Church. This one was flown in honor of Kenneth Wagner. <laughs> I got this. I was like, oh my God. Like this was, and the flag is up here. This is the flag. This is the flag that was flown. It was, it was flown in, in, in seven different, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different countries. Yeah, I had that in my notes and I thought that I saw Burkina Faso's two words. And I thought it was eight. A lot of ADD. It's going to get better from here. I'm trusting Jesus because in my weakness, he is strong. Come on. But this was flown, man, in operations. Um, I don't even know if I can read that, so I'm not going to read that. But I'm just so grateful for our country. I'm thankful for our airmen. Are you guys thankful for our country, our airmen? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this back. Sandy, I'm going to give this back to you. But man, what, a, what an amazing honor. But, but I started to think about this, and I, I was thinking about the flag. The flag is a symbol of something. The, the flag is a symbol of freedom. Like when, when I think of the flag, when I think of the flag for the, that is flown in all of these different countries and war-torn countries, I have to believe that, that there's something inside of the people that when they see the American flag being raised, that they know that the, the leaders of the free world have arrived and that they are coming to my defense. Come on, there's something that wells up inside of me. I've, I've watched too many war. I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's go. And, and, and I've seen and, and the, the flag is just a symbolism of freedom. And then I started thinking, but, but there's another symbolism of freedom, and it's the cross. You, you see, here's what I know, because I'm, I'm proud to be American, but can I tell you that I am so much more proud to be a part of an unshakable kingdom of God than I am. That's not to... That's not to tread lightly on, on our country and, and not to say that that's not a big deal. It's a massive deal. But can I tell you today, follower of Jesus, the kingdom that you are a part of is greater than the United States of America. It's greater than in our kingdom that's ever, it's an, uns Hebrew said it's an unshakable kingdom that you're part of an unshakable. We're going to have fun today. I have a feeling, I feel it in my bones, but, but th there's a symbol of, of the cross, but even greater than I believe the cross is the the symbol of the spirit, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says this. He says, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. For where the spirit of the Lord is, and can I tell you today that for those of you who have made the decision to follow Jesus, that the moment that you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, come on, in, in scripture, Jesus said this, it was greater that I would go, that one greater than I was coming behind him. And he was referring to the Holy Spirit, that when you pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you give your life over to him, can I tell you that immediately you have access to the Holy Spirit? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says that. He says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's a flag that has been raised in your life that is greater than the red, white, and blue, as much as I love America. That there's a flag that has been raised, and it is the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. That he paid a price that was way too high for any of us to pay. And he gave us the spirit of the Lord is, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
freedom. Pastor Kenneth, what in the world does this have to do with purpose? Church, I believe it has everything to do with purpose. Because we ask this question, what am I here for? And last week I told you that he's for you, that he sees you, that he knows you, that he has plans for you. And all of those things are true. But, but here's also what I know about the schemes of the devil, that if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. That if, you, if the enemy can, can distract you, can keep you entangled in your yesterdays, can keep you so entangled in them, that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. I know this drives people crazy because like we talk about what am I here for and maybe you showed up week one and you're like, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm here for. You didn't tell me. You told me God knows me, sees me, he's for me, he's got plans for me, great. Okay, what's my purpose? You show up week two and you're like, I, I just, what am I here for? I wanna know my purpose. I wanna know what, I, what, what am I doing on this, on this planet. Now, now you're talking about my yesterdays. Because sometimes you have to lay foundations and you've got to build a case in order for us to understand where we're going. And if the enemy can keep you so entangled with your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. See, I know this is to be true because if you look at the passage that we looked at last week in Acts chapter 9, I'm going to kind of, kind of fast forward through that and, and give you the recap. If you weren't here, man, I encourage you to go back and and to watch that, but one of the greatest hindrances to walking in your purpose will be the things that are known or unknown in your life that you have not yet found freedom from. Let me say that again. One of the greatest hindrances to you walking in your purpose will be the things known or unknown in your life that maybe you need to identify today. And maybe today is the day that you have an opportunity to have a breakthrough Moment. So today we're going to look at this idea of finding freedom because every single person in our church, we want, you to, we want four things for you, to know God, to find freedom, discover your purpose, to make a difference. To know God, to find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Last week was all about knowing God, and man, it was amazing that 21 people stepped into relationship with Jesus last week at our seven-year anniversary. That was amazing. Knowing God today is all about that second place, that's moving into that second step of your journey of finding freedom in your life. You may remember Acts chapter nine last week, we talked about this guy named Saul who later becomes Paul who writes over two thirds of the New Testament. And so we're gonna use two different names today, Saul, Paul, that's the same exact guy. He has an encounter with Jesus and, and at a certain point, there's a hinge point in the New Testament where his name is actually changed by God from Saul to Paul. And in Acts chapter nine, we see that Saul is, he's getting the, the approval to go down and to arrest some Christians, some people that are following after the way, following after Jesus. And on the way to arrest these Christians, he's headed down to Damascus. He's on the road to Damascus. And all of a sudden he has this bright light encounter where we don't know if he was walking, or if he was riding a donkey, but he finds himself on his back looking up going, dear God in heaven, what just happened? That's the Kenneth International Version. He has an encounter with God and God is God is saying, hey, hey, you, I, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. And so along the way, they leading him, lead him into Damascus and he's without sight. And all this is going on while God is speaking to another man named Ananias. And he's like, God is saying, Ananias, you're going to go to Damascus and you're going to find Saul there. And, and you're going to find, he's the one that was, he, you're going to know who he is. You're going to remember his story, but you're going to go and you're going to pray over him. And there's going to be some miraculous things that happen. And so all of this 
this takes place, we get to Acts chapter 9, verse number 17, and this is where we pick up today. It says, so Ananias departed, and he entered the house. He finds Saul there. He says, and laying his hands on him. You ever want to lay your hands on somebody? Like, not in prayer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But seriously, that's not what he did here. He's praying for him. He's praying. Ananias departed into the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And today that my prayer is for you is that something like scales would fall from your eyes. That something like scale would, would fall from your eyes, that something, that something old would be removed so that you could see the new. You could say it like this, that there's something old that needs to come off in order for you to walk in the new. That there's an old attitude that needs to come off of you in Jesus' name in order for you to walk in the new. There's an old perspective that needs to come off of you in order for you to walk in the new. That there's an old way of thinking that needs to come off of you in order for you to walk. And there's an old action that needs to come off of you. There's an old, let me get a little bit deeper into this, there's an old desire that needs to come off of you in order for you to walk. And then there's something old that needs to come off in order for you to walk in the new. Andy Stanley says, says it like this. He said, time in erodes awareness of. This is a leadership principle, but it's true that the time in that you can be around something for so long, you can have that, you can have that bad attitude for so long that you forget you have a bad attitude. Like you can have that scowl on your face for so long. And we've talked about it. Like you've got the joy of the Lord in your heart, but it's like, I got that joy, joy. Remember that song? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. And some of y'all didn't grow up in Sunday school. I, I did. And it's so down deep in your heart that your face don't even recognize you got to joy of the Lord. You, you can have walked around with that same look on your face for so long that you forgot that it was there. For, for Breeze calls it nose blind. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can forget that your car smells like a gym locker until your friend gets in and is like, uh. You can live in, in your, your house, and maybe it's a little disheveled. I'm not speaking that on your house, but I've been to some of your houses. You, you've, you've, you, you can live in that for so long that, that you forget that it's, it's crazy. Like, you're like, you got guests coming over, they're like walking around the house, like, yeah, don't mind that, don't mind that. It's like, okay, I didn't mind a couple of things, but now I'm, I'm getting a little offended, right? You're like, I'm not, but time in erodes awareness. You can become nose blind to these things. And for so often in our life, and so often in your life, so often in my life, there are things that you are not aware of that you just need some other people to make you aware of so that you can get past your past and move into your future. That you can stop living and your yesterdays, and you can start dreaming about your tomorrows. And so today, I hope, as I've already said, I hope something like scales falls off. In the next 19 minutes, I'm hoping that you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, not an encounter with Kenneth. I hope the Holy Spirit, that, that something that I say today, 
that unlocks something for you. Because church, here's what I know. I know that today, this message has the potential to to change everything about your life. Because for some of us, I'm going to put myself in this, some of us have lived in our old ways so long, not realizing that God has given us the new. That we have access to it, but we haven't accessed it. Does that make sense? Like, it's all there. Like, the buffet is out, and the table is set, but we're still munching on Cheetos. And God wants us to get past the Cheetos and get to the main thing. And today, I believe it has the potential spiritually. I'm speaking, if, if you don't understand what I'm saying, there's no food being served after the experience. This is like, it's all figurative. But today, God wants to give you, God wants to give you so much more than you've been living in. And I feel like something like scales is going to fall off. And there's a few things that I believe that the scales that are, that are universal, there's four of them. And I, I feel like all of us could find ourselves in one of these four things. And uh, I, I just did the, you shouldn't do that as a communicator, tell people how many things, because at the third one, they're checking out, right? But anyways, the first one is this. The first one is this, is your past. Some, I'm praying today that something like scales falls off of your eyes as we discuss your past. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like that if you could just get away from your past, that you might be able to walk in your purpose? Like if you could just like get away from where you used to be, like, like you could walk in your purpose. And maybe you've, maybe you've never thought about it until today, like right now sitting in this place, but you continue to allow your past to disqualify you from your future. Like for some of you, nobody has told you that you can't other than yourself. Like that God has called you, some of you, I'm, I'm going to speak this over you today, and I don't, I don't go here very often, but I felt like as I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit told me to go here, that, that some of you are called into ministry. Some of you are called, all of us are called into ministry, but some of you, God has called you into full time to serve the church for the rest of your days. And because you maybe have a checkered past, or maybe you've had a mistake, or you had a moment in your life, or a lapse of judgment, you've allowed the enemy to talk you into what God has for your future because of your past. And I'm here today to tell you this, is God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't just like call the people that have cleaned it all up and you've got it all together. No, he calls you and along the way, he's gonna work on you to help you get past your past. For some of you, you there's no way, you, you feel like there's no way God would wanna use you because you you're like, Pastor Ken, you know my past. And I'm like, and I'm here today to tell you that no, God does want to use you. Here's what I do know is that Acts chapter nine, I was researching this this week. Acts chapter nine was written around the mid thirties AD. So, so mid thirties AD and somewhere in the late fifties AD, Paul writes this, the same guy, Saul to Paul, don't forget that. He writes this in Romans chapter eight, verse one. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is 20-something years Paul had been relying on the truth of of what he wrote in Romans chapter 8. Because if anybody had the moral authority to live in his past, it would have been Saul Paul. 
Same guy, I just wanna make sure that we're on the same page. Can I refer to him as Paul for the rest of the day? Can we just say, okay, Pastor Kenneth, if you were at a bathroom break or something like that, Paul is Saul, Saul, Paul. Same guy, Paul. But Paul had been relying on this truth for the last 20 some years, knowing that he had given the approval. It says that when Stephen was stoned, it says that, that he was there to give approval for Stephen's stone. I mean, he had seen some crazy things. He had been a part of some crazy things, but he knew this to be true, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, hey, no, I want you to understand you don't have to live in your past anymore, that when you ask God to forgive you of what you've already asked him to forgive you of, he doesn't even know what you're talking about. That's because it's not possible for him to know it. It's because he chooses not to. He chooses not to hold our sins against us. David says in Psalms 103, verse 12, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So in 30 AD, saw Paul, Paul, it, Paul, he writes this. 20 years later, he writes it in Romans chapter 8. And then we see a little bit later, between 60 and 62 AD, Paul writes this in the book of Philippians. He says, brothers, he says, I do not consider that I have made it my own. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. How many of us would do well to forget what lies behind, to just, just kind of not even worry about what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead? Paul doesn't even, make, he's not trying to make it sound like it's gonna be easy, easy. He says, no, no, he says, I'm forgetting what lies behind and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. Come on, if you've got a checkered past, you know that there's, there's some days it's easier to get past your past than others. But... Isn't it crazy that the enemy just loves to remind you at the craziest times? Like for me, it's when I'm always about to go into sermon writing. He reminds, it's like the, the grenade of condemnation is what I call it. And maybe that's going to be revelation for you that, that sometime you're stepping into a big moment. You're about to go into a big meeting. That, that you're about to close a deal. That's something. And what the enemy is going to do is he's going to pull the pin. Just throw it in. And I love to shame the devil because he doesn't just use the same tactics in my life. He uses them in yours too. He says, so straining forward to what lies ahead, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the, of the uh, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul knew what it was like to struggle with his past. He had the moral authority to stay stuck in his past, but he didn't because I believe he knew this to be true, that if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. Some of you may struggle with your past, but others, you still struggle with your past because it's, it's not in your past. And this may feel basic, but give me some space to say it anyways. It's hard to get past your past when you're still living in it. Look, look at what Paul said. Again, Paul's writing in Galatians chapter 5. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Not for sin did Christ set us free. Not to continue to live in our old ways. Does it mean we're going to fall and we're going to bump our knees? We're going we're gonna to screw up? Yeah, of course that means there's grace upon grace for all of those things. But Paul says in Galatians 5:1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul is saying, hey, you've got to understand this, that Jesus went to the cross to give you freedom. 
that he took the chains off of you. Don't put the chains back on. He said he paid a high price for you to walk in the freedom that you have. A little bit later in verse 13, he says, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul's like, hey, you got to understand this, that Christ paid a high price, as I said earlier, that you may know you have access to it, but have you accessed it in your life? Are you walking in freedom? I'm telling you this today, not to like, there's therefore now no condemnation. Pastor Ken is not trying to do opposite of what the scripture said. And I know that sometimes it hurts to think about our past, but what I'm trying to do is give you some perspective to help you understand that the enemy will try to do everything within his ability to keep you from walking in your purpose when all you can see is your past. And Jesus set you free. Jesus forgave you. Jesus does not remember. Your past, the second thing I hope scales fall off today is this, is your addiction. Why is this important? Because if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. You've read that already. I'm going to read it about 10 more times because I want it to sink in today. I'm not here to shame you for your addiction, but I am here to challenge you. Let me let you in on a lie that, that I've seen the enemy use countless times. It's, it's two different camps. Either everybody's doing it or nobody will understand. And it could be for the same exact sin. Like, let, let's just use, let's use pornography for example. Some people would say, oh, everybody's doing it, but a friend on the other, they haven't even talked about this addiction that they're having, that they say, hey, everybody's doing it, but the same, the friend that's struggling with the same exact thing could be all the way in the other camp going, nobody will understand. It's the same exact sin, but what the enemy will try to do to yours and my sins is he will try to find any way we can to excuse it to allow us to feel the weight to subside. And what Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I don't want you to like get away from it. I want you to lean into me because if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. This is not just about you respecting your husband or respecting your wife, and it is. This is not just about you being the best version of yourself, and it is. You understand that all sin in your life is an attack on your destiny. That every ounce of sin that the enemy comes and brings against you, all hell that comes against you, is not just to like, oh, just to kind of keep you haphazard. No, no, it's to, it's to distract you from your purpose. It's to keep you from the destiny that God has for you. It's to keep you from his best in your life. Everybody's doing it. Nobody will understand. The enemy never lives in the reasonable. Have you ever, like, you've never had a reasonable conversation with the enemy. Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lives in the extremes. And the reason the enemy wants to keep you in your addiction is because it's what I refer to as, as the shame cycle. 
I've been here. This is, I, you can preach what you know. The shame cycle is this, is that you find freedom and you feel good. You're like, let's go. Got freedom. And then you relapse. And that let's go feeling to go, oh, no. One step forward, three steps back. One step forward, three steps back. And every time you step into the shame cycle, you feel like the God, the God he doesn't want anything to do with you. He doesn't want to be around you. He can't use you. And so therefore you stay. And it's like every time you take a step forward, it's like then the relapse happens. And it wasn't just the step forward that you took. Man, that was great progress, but it was three steps back. And now you're wondering what's going on. And the reason that this is so pertinent to you and I is because if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. He knows, he knows that you are dangerous. He knows that you are going to push back darkness and you're gonna be used by God. And he knows that if he can keep you tangled up in your past and your addiction, he can keep you in your yesterdays, that there's no way that you will walk in your tomorrows. And if for no other reason that you just get tired of losing and you're like, you know what? For God's sake, I'm going to win. Like literally for God's sake. Paul, Paul said this, listen to me. I am not saying that this is easy. I am not saying there's different levels, I get it, of addiction. There's different levels, substance, pornography. There's different levels of addiction, anger and pride. There's different levels of addiction. But this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. You may think that nobody's ever struggled with this. Paul's like, no temptation has overtaken that's not come. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I, I, I never, I'll never forget this past, one of my pastors when I was growing up, he, he painted this word picture. He said, hey, just imagine that sin is at the end of the hallway and there are windows and doors all along the way that God gives us windows and doors in which to escape. And some of those windows are smaller than others. Like you might have to, but, but if God said it, he means it. If he says there's a way out, there's a way out. Hey, when you get that temptation, what do you do? I remember when I was struggling with things on the internet, just fill in the blanks. And when I was in college, I remember I said, hey, Davey, here's what I'm going to do. Anytime my door is closed, my phone, my computer, anything that can access the internet is outside my door. Why? Because I wanted to respect Sherry. I wanted to respect God. I wanted to live a life of purity. Sometimes you got to take drastic measures in order to get drastic freedom in your life. But my question is, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want freedom? Is the comfort of addiction more comfortable for you than the idea of freedom? Only you can answer that. Paul says there's a way, there's a window. And I believe that one of the windows and some of the windows are sincere relationships and friendships. I believe that one of the windows is groups and accountability. I believe that some of the windows that we talk about are counseling and therapy and rehab. And you may know this, but we partner with a counseling service to allow you to be able to, as the church, as our church, to be able to find freedom from the things that hang you up because we, we know this to be true that sometimes you can't do it by yourself. You're not that good. You're not that strong. And I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. 
Come on, this week, I have the amazing honor and privilege to go and preach at, a, at a, a college up in New York. I'm so excited about that. But the president of this college is my counselor. He, he, he knows this. I, I, will, I will preach for free if you give me therapy. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Well, what, oh, what's wrong with our pastor? No, no, nothing's wrong with your pastor. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you if you get counseling. It means you want things to be right with you. We'll get there. Your past, your addiction, this, this one's heavy. Your pain. Um, pain is the number one thing I see derail people from their purpose. You may want, we may argue about this, past or addiction. But when you can't comprehend what has happened to you in your life, you have one or two decisions to make. Either you can change your theology to say, there's no way a good God would allow that to happen, so therefore I'm not following him anymore. Or you could say, we live in a lost and fallen and broken world, and the things that come against me are the things that are going to try to attack my destiny. And so I'm going to lean into God because here's what the enemy knows, that if he can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. I, um, this past week, I flew to Indianapolis, and I was with Pastor Davey. And I don't know if you know his full story, but in November of 2015, his wife was, was murdered in a home invasion. Brings a lot of depth to the teaching that you've heard him talk about with the prison of offense and pain and the books that he's written and the, the groups that he has. But I said in the courtroom as the verdict came down, guilty. Almost seven years later, we watched the man who pulled the trigger to kill Amanda go to prison for the rest of his life or maybe different. And I don't know what you think about Davy's pain. Maybe you feel like your pain doesn't add up to that. Maybe you feel like your pain is more significant to that. But can I just say this? It does no good for you to compare your pain to anybody else. Because the worst thing that you've experienced is the worst thing that you've experienced. And it doesn't matter what Pastor Davey has been through, what Kenneth has been through, what the person to your left or right has been through. Your pain is the greatest pain that you have ever experienced. And what I know to be true is that the enemy will do everything within his ability to try to keep that forefront in your mind so that you can't see the plans that God has for you. And Paul, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten he was stoned. Like, this is not Paul that's like, oh, I mean, like, 
I don't have a testimony because everything's good. Like I hear people say that all the time. I don't have, Pastor Ken, I don't have a testimony because everything's been good in my life. No, you have the greatest testimony. The Holy Spirit has kept you. He has loved you. He has guarded you. He has protected you. He says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. 10 verses later in verse 28, he says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. My point here is not to make light of what you have been through. It is to give you perspective on what you're going through that he works all things together. Tim Keller said it like this. He said, one of the main ways we move from abstract knowledge about God to a personal encounter with him as a living reality is through the furnace of affliction. Rick Warren said it like this, that your greatest ministry will most likely come out of your greatest hurt. God wants to use what you've been through to help others walk through similar things. You know, Davy's ministry is called Nothing is Wasted, and we truly believe that here at United Church, that nothing is wasted. And I told you that groups are going to be launching, and I want to kind of just give a setup for this one because we've had, we've had 90, I think 97 people go through pain to purpose, and it is changing their life, and I truly believe this for you. I don't know what your pain is that you've experienced. I don't know what the trauma it is that you've experienced, but I want to encourage you to get signed up for pain to purpose this group semester. Don't put it off any longer. Don't tell me you're too busy. Don't tell me there's too many things going on. The enemy wants to keep you from your purpose by keeping you living in your pain. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants to set you free and he wants to do it through people. He wants to do it through places. He wants to do it through atmospheres like pain to purpose. And so don't waste another day. Get signed up. The last one is this, is yourself. There's some scales that need to come off. And I know this seems basic. I, I get it. I understand it. But the entire hinge point of us following Jesus is us following Jesus. And I think one of the greatest things that the enemy will use to keep us from the purpose that God has for us in our life is literally comfortability, is literally us. It's literally our desires. Jesus said this in Luke chapter nine, verse 23, he said, and he said to all, if anyone, not the elite, not the pastors, not the partners, not the people that serve regularly. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Y'all, it's hard to see past yourself when all you can see is yourself. Jesus says, deny yourself. Spiritually speaking, Spiritually speaking, mine and your hands are too smooth when they should be riddled with splinters. That we look for the path of comfortability when in reality we should have splinters from the cross that we're picking up on a daily basis and saying, God, I'm coming. I'm coming after you. And exactly where we begin is exactly where I want to end is when I think about this great nation, the great country, I think about that flag that's hoisted up. I alluded to this earlier, but I can only imagine when our troops show up in 
war-torn countries and they see this base on the horizon and they see this flag being hoisted up onto this pole, the American flag. For all the atrocities that may be happening, for all the bondage they may be living, all of the oppression they may be facing, that I believe that there's a glimmer of hope as they see that flag begin to fly, that hope is on the way. Church, 2 Corinthians, as Paul said, as I already read earlier, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can I tell you today that hope is not on the way. Hope is here. And today I want to tell you one last time that if the enemy can keep you so entangled in your yesterdays that you can't see clearly your tomorrows, your purpose will go unfulfilled. Can I beg with you? Can I plead with you? Don't carry it another day. Don't do it one more day. Don't let your past, don't let your pain, don't let yourself, don't let, don't let anything keep you from following and pursuing the purpose that God has for you. For distraction's sake, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to finish out today asking you, Because I believe that for some of you, you've been entangled. But today it changes. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's that addiction. Maybe it's the pain. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's just something that, that there's scales falling off today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just wonder if today you would say, Pastor Kenneth, it's my past. That's what keeps me from walking in everything that God has for me. Would you just throw your hand up and say today, I'm recognizing that and I've got some work to do, but I'm recognizing that. So good. Hands all over. Yep. You can pull those down. Maybe today you would say, listen, it's an addiction that I'm working through. If that's you today, would you throw your hand up and say, listen, today I'm working through it. I'm working through it. I'm not... I'm not okay with being stuck in it. I'm working through it. That's awesome. You can pull your hand down. So good. Maybe today it's your pain that you've allowed your pain to sideline you. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up and say, listen, today I'm recognizing that. Yeah, hands all over. Maybe today you would have a, enough self-awareness and a, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you in this moment. You would say, no, no, the only thing holding back me from following after everything that God has for me is me because I'm leading and he's not. And today I'm making this statement to say, no, no, Jesus is the leader and I am the follower. If that's you today, would you just throw up your hands and say, I want to follow. Wow. Wow. You can pull those down. So just for a moment, just take this space. Just declare to him the truth Declare to him the statement that you want to make today. For some of you, you've never made the decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. And you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, if... If there's a God in heaven who can help me get past my past, if he can help me get past my pain, if he can help me figure out my addictions and help me get past myself, man, I'm all in for that. 
If that's you today, would you just pray this simple prayer with me? You don't have to pray it out loud, but just pray this simple prayer with me. It's not the prayer that's significant. It's the posture of your heart. Would you say, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, would you help me to follow after you? Jesus, I confess that you are the savior of the world. And I'm asking you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I'm asking that you would help me to get past my past, past my pain, past my addictions, past myself. And God, I'm committing today to live for you. God, give me the strength I need. With every head still bowed, every eye still closed, I wonder today, if you prayed that prayer, if you would just throw your hand up right where you are, say, today I prayed that prayer to accept Jesus. So good, so good. You can pull those down. I'm gonna pray for you. Your MC will take over. Father God, we're so grateful for today. God, thank you for how you're moving. God, thank you for how you are delivering. God, thank you so much for not just allowing us to know you, but God, allowing us to live in the freedom that you paid a high price to give us. So Jesus, today, we commit our lives to you all over again and say, we love you and that we are for you. You're for us, but we are for you. God, help us today to have boldness, to walk in the freedom that you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray.